Hello and welcome to Bad Songwriter Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Holmquist. We're here today with Cody Swanson. How's it going? It's going well. How are you doing? Doing all right. Can't complain. Just received one of my many weird um, retail therapy orders in the mail. I haven't unboxed it yet, but this one's a handmade Garfield wall clock. So I'm very excited. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds great. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's just the little things in life like that that make me smile. Um, (laughs) But we're not here to talk about Garfield. (laughs) <laughs> Though we could at length, um, I'll leave that. Oh, yeah. I'll leave that to like the Mabim Bam podcast. I feel like they really cover Garfield really well. Um, <laughs> we are here to talk about bad songs. Yeah, <laughs> which you have some of because you've sent them to me. Yes, you're here on this podcast. Yes, it's all coming together. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's all happening. Um, when did you first start writing music? Um, so I think. My, like, personally, when I started writing my own songs, I think I was maybe 15. Before that, I had been in uh, an instrumental kind of post-rock or kind of, I don't know, it was it was an instrumental band that was a lot of fun, but we kind of wrote songs just by jamming, you know, just, mm-hmm. and uh, no one could sing, and that was a lot of fun, but it was, like, really loud and electric and stuff, and then I started just playing acoustic guitar in my room as kind of a side project from that and got a tape recorder and just started trying to figure out how songs worked, I guess. When did you first start playing instruments? I guess it was probably around 13 or so, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first instrument technically was an old Casio keyboard that my best friend and I had found at a, a venture, like a, you know, like a Goodwill or something. And uh, he had got an old reel-to-reel tape recorder from a friend and uh, we just went to town. It was an SK-1, so we went to town on that sampler. Made yes, it, those are the... <laughs> I was going to ask if it was the SK-1. Mm-hmm. We definitely had one of those growing up, me and my brother, and made a lot of fun <laughs> fun sampler sounds with those. I mean, you have to get through the, uh, you know, the first couple hours of saying you know, curse words and silly words right, into right, it, right. and then you start kind Burping, of... Burping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Recently-ish, I guess, I think somebody had one or I was talking about one before this and I was like what if I just bought one of those again I really loved that thing I feel like it was like a huge part of my ch- childhood yeah I think they're hard to find now you know I know because they have reached this sort of cult status um, you can still find them but I went down a Casio kind of rabbit rabbit hole the other day <laughs> and there are a bunch of other there's even one that's like a dual it's a double keyboard version mm-hmm. of the SK-1 sort of so it kind of looks like a toy version of an organ and it does sampling and a bunch of other stuff. But uh, yeah, I think the original SK-1 are hard. Those are hard to find. Yeah. Or they're expensive. Well, maybe I'll just start looking every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> so then you started writing your own music. Did you put a band together for your music? Were you just doing solo stuff? Did you play shows? I didn't I didn't do a band until college. So I played, mm-hmm. I played at a good amount of shows um, when I was in high school. Uh, I booked shows a bit for my other band and kind of put together big local shows or as part of the local shows. So I performed solo a number of times of those, but uh, which was a lot of fun. But uh, I don't think it was it felt serious until college. And uh, I had a I had a friend who I knew as a guitar player, and then one day, like another f- mutual friend was like, "Hey, uh, you know, he plays Sean plays drums," and I was like, "You play drums?" He's like, "Oh yeah, I just don't have them." 
I was like, bring them to college, put them in my room, you know? Yeah. And then, we'll, and then you can play them and we'll jam. And then that just kind of evolved into a band. And eventually we brought in a friend that played violin and some bass and stuff like that. So Bands. Yeah. Lo- love playing with a band. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I miss it. I, I have Me not, too. I have not played in a band in like four or five years now. So it's, it's kind of a bummer. <laughs> you know, it's always possible. That's the nice thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's just about, uh, I think the hard thing for bands is not just finding someone that you get along with as a person, because you're going to spend a lot of time with them. And odds are you're going to be doing that for no money or negative money. <laughs> and <laughs> so you better have a good time. But then also, I always try to be flexible. But sometimes, you know, you bring a song to a band, and they think that it's a country song. But in your mind, it's like, you know, a completely different style. And so they start jamming out in a country style or something. And you're like, "Uh Oh, like, how do I write this ship? Or do I go along with it and not feel like it's a, the song is correct anymore. All that kind of uh, mental stuff you get into with the band. So totally. I mean, I think I've, I've talked about that some with, with my band who I miss because the pandemic, we haven't been practicing together because we're like a five or six piece. So just doesn't make sense. I had tried before to like play with some other people or put a band together and never really came together until a couple of years ago. And part of what I really appreciate about the people I play with is they really have that intuitive sense of like what I want to do with my music that I don't have to like articulate or really spell out, which is good because I can't, you know, like (laughs) that's hard to do. Like you can say some stuff, you can be like, you know, no, I want the drums like this. No, this is like the vibe I'm going for. But like Mm -hmm. when you have those people who are just like on the same wavelength as you for like what the sound is. I mean, that's like, yeah, really magical to find. I think. Yeah. I think of all the different versions of my project that I've had as a band, I think that's really happened twice max, you know, when you find yourself in a position and, and you know, the best you can hope for is you get, um, I mean, not the best you can hope for, but in my experience, um, you know, you get one, maybe one or two records out of that or one or two releases. And then people yeah. get into grad school or they get into other projects or, you know, you have a big meltdown where everyone gets angry at each other and you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so many options for ways that bands can end. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Well, you have some tracks here for us to listen to. Uh, yeah. what, what, what do you want to start with? I'm trying to figure out now which one is the oldest one. I feel like that's mm-hmm. probably the, I guess, 5-13. <laughs> it's a great title. Yeah, it is. It's perfect. <laughs> is there anything you want to say about that before we give it a listen? Um, so this one, and I think the next one as well. Um, so these these were particularly part of um, what I used to do when I'd write songs. Is I would just put in a fresh cassette tape into my Tascam four twenty four and just sit down with a guitar and hit record and just start playing and then start singing. And then when I felt like the song was over, I'd hit stop and then I'd just immediately start doing it again. And uh, usually just kind of fill up the cassette tape that way. That's why they have these names. <laughs> so <laughs> I think this is, this is I think, cassette five and song 13 off of that. So I think that's, yeah. So for a long time, I didn't have official names or maybe I'd add a name later and then I'd get confused about where the recording was because it was some weird number. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I think the song is from that period. Little lover, little dreamer, little brother, little thing that I can step on with my shoe. 
long to be, you long to see, you yeah. long to see, you love to be what you <laughs> yeah, cannot undo. You are so brand new. Yeah, this is definitely like a stream of consciousness uh, kind of thing, and I think it's just a foot stomp on the ground kick drum. So. <laughs> Yeah, I also I, I want to be so wasn't really confident in knowing how I was should sing anything I think as well mm. at this point so every song kind of has a different uh, style of singing which I, I think is a lot of fun but uh, it makes for a pretty chaotic <laughs> sort of sound yeah la, 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 la. But it's funny, I, you know, you listen to some of these old songs sometimes, I and it's like... I want Sorry, this line's are so ridiculous. Walk around <laughs> cold, cold. It's all just a stream of consciousness, you said? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's funny to listen to these old songs and then... Because I had a lot of fun going through all these trying to pick ones to send you, and they... Uh, you know, so many of them have kind of fun melodies in them. You know, even if the the performance is kind of uh, all over the place or kind of uh, poor, the, mm-hmm. some of the melodies were really fun. And, and but then there's like that thing of like, <laughs> do you want to like sort of cover your old songs? You know, like no one else would right. know that they're not new songs, but you would know that you're just like ripping off yourself from when you were like 14 or 15. <laughs> Which I, which feels, it feels like a going backwards. <laughs> yeah, I've thought about doing that. I mean, it's like not the worst thing in the world, but it's also like, I think for me it might be a little difficult to separate like the feeling from it. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I could get into it in the same way, yeah. knowing what the original lyrics were, or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I think also. Um, I tried very hard to write down like what I was playing, but man, on some of these songs, like I have no idea what I'm doing on, on yeah. the guitar. Like I don't even know if I could play that way now. I, it was like I just didn't know how to play guitar, so I just played it in a way that now to me feels like really elaborate and complicated. And I, you know, I'm like, I also don't have a great ear for picking out like notes and things like that and weird chords that don't really aren't standard and I think any attempt to cover one of these songs would, would probably just be a bastardized version <laughs> yeah so they just kind of live in these one take improv states forever magical plants that you want to keep and grow your food so you can make your feet I don't know, that wasn't even a word <laughs> Not not the first made-up word that we've heard on this podcast, and I don't think it'll be the last, so <laughs> you're in good company. Oh, good. Moving up in the world, you got a different thing, a place where you can go and you see the lies that lead you there, you're not nothing to hold. Oh, that's, oh. Oh, that's uh, some melodica in there. I used the, the melodica for many years as a stand-in for trumpet. Anytime I felt like I wanted a trumpet part in the song, I would just play the melodica. Love it.
What a what a lovely outro. <laughs> yeah, it's, there should have been more of that in the rest of the song, I think, or <laughs> or less of the rest of the song. <laughs> uh, so you have a another one from that same method, another track. Yeah, I think that would be number six. Number six. All right, you want to talk about this one before you give it a give it a whirl? Okay. Yeah. So this one is I I thought it was kind of fun because it's also from that same period, but it's. It was when I was experimenting with, I think, like keyboard drum machines, I think. It was sort of my attempt at doing a rock song, I guess, <laughs> with myself. Because I, <laughs> I still had all my pedals from playing with, like, in my, like, like uh, instrumental rock band or whatever genre it was. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so this is my attempt to uh, do that, I think. I'm trying to remember. This could be even real drums. This could be from college when I was, like... My my friend left his drum kit in my room, and I would probably annoy the whole neighborhood by really badly playing drums. I have to listen to the mm-hmm. drums to see which ones they are. But but same same general. I, I didn't even label the tape at this point, so this is just song six. I, there's many, there's <laughs> a lot of song sixes on my hard drive, so I don't know. <laughs> um, How confusing! <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like I had no idea that I would want to organize them at some point. Um, Okay, yeah, this is definitely real drum kit. You were gone, you were the son of everything that hurts you when you're gone, my dear. You were the sun. And take your arms around me now. It's a sunset and still somehow I get away from you. Again, I don't know. I don't know why I was singing this way. <laughs> Just trying it out. Were there any specific like singers or musicians that you were trying to emulate that you remember? I have no idea in this. <laughs> Um, I mean, I think at some point, eventually, yeah, like, I'm a big fan of uh, Jeff Mangum from Neutral Milk Hotel. Yeah. And, um, you know, I grew up listening to a lot of, uh, you know, like, I don't know, Wilco and Beck and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, and I guess at some point I got really into, like, Defender Banhart, you know, in high school. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know bright eyes and you know all the standard sort of yeah uh early 2000s sort of stuff but uh but that's why it's so funny like listening to this it's like it really doesn't feel like i have any idea what i'm trying to do vocally like i mean it's it's funny it's just it's like yeah there's no there's no hint of i can't think of any band i listened to that sounded remotely like this yeah so. I feel like I can. I feel like I can hear a little bit of the neutral milk hotel influence. Mm. You know, like not directly. I just feel like I can sense it spiritually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it definitely has got. You know, later eventually that got more more prominent to the to the point where people right. like after shows like, do you like neutral milk hotel? And it's like, oh no. <laughs> I do. And they're like, no, no, sure it's, do. it just reminded me of it. It's like, it's like okay. Like, 
<laughs> I guess people are, are too uh, too friendly to say like you sound a lot like that band but um, I think uh, it's always been an, kind of an interesting experiment for me to try to create maybe the feeling of a band when you're just playing by yourself mm-hmm. um, when it's just uh, you know you and your own stuff because I, I think I have a tendency to do a lot more spacey or or kind of uh, um, melancholic songs when I'm just recording by myself uh, tempo wise and stuff like that so I think every once in a while it is fun to try to do an up-tempo solo song and then I also very rarely live with drums so that was yeah. a, a rare treat I think too oh absolutely yeah I, I wish yeah on one hand I guess you know maybe if somebody was playing the drums all the time I would feel differently but it, yeah. would, it would be nice I, I did I did have the cops call to me once you did, yeah. Yeah, I was I was listening to something I had I had recorded and I was playing drums to it with headphones on. Mm, <laughs> that'll my, do it. My roommate at, at our um, our house in college opened the door. I was like, "The cops are here." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> and uh, yeah, because my my I just had like a wall of old windows, like single pane old glass windows, and that's where I was playing the drums. Mm. So classic, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have one last track to listen to here. Okay, yeah. So this one is uh, falsetto. Yeah, so this one is... <laughs> I was going through and I just like... This one, I, I really like this song, but it's super weird. And um, <laughs> I think it was just... I was like, okay, I want to do a song where I sing really high mm-hmm. in the falsetto. And so, yeah, so it's kind of one of the maybe earlier attempts at sort of singing with myself in a way that wasn't just kind of uh, doubling in a kind of uh, sporadic sort of... Uh, <laughs> wavering sort of way so i was like actually attempting to make the voices complement each other mornings are such dreadful things i wait to find morning brings such happy little tiny rings and happy little to sing my showers are so very hot I can't I can't I can't remember if this is also I think this might have been uh, stream of consciousness most of my songs were I mean most of them are I can't really I'm really bad at writing songs um, so usually they have to come out this way and then I might change a word or two, but otherwise it's kind of like, I just kind of go, okay, it's on, it's on wise to uh, play with fate and change anything about the song. I'll just keep playing it like this forever now. Um, so this probably was, I did one take of it and then had, wrote the lyrics down and then sang the second vocal track. I don't love that. I love that line, though. They've all got to move their little butts before the rain. definitely use to use maybe some EQing on some of these little songs or something. <clears throat> yeah maybe <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of uh, muddiness in the bass there that <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I don't even think I fully understood how to use the uh, uh, like the the low and mid and high settings on the tape machine. Like I understood yeah. the concept, it just never occurred to me to actually use them when I was mixing down to the computer or something like that. <laughs> so I think they were always right. just set in the middle. <laughs> That's great. I do I do miss the tape hiss though. Oh, it is so nice. I mean, you know, there's a reason there's a nostalgic attachment to that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it's hard, though, because, like, I'm super nostalgic for it, but also I hate the fake versions of it. Yeah. You know, like, the tape the tape sound effects, you know, you can the effects you can add to the tracks and stuff. There's just something about it that, like, I don't know, like, it just it feels... Yeah, I don't know if I have the nostalgia for the sound itself or just for for the time of when I was making music that way. And it's weird to have people want to use it as an aesthetic to like make the music f- seem nostalgic or seem older than it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because I mean, if I'd had uh, an iPad or whatever with a nice microphone and on, you know, all these digital multi-tracks and stuff, when I was 14, I probably would have loved that because, you know, you can get a lot of great stuff. Oh, my with gosh. It, but. Yeah, I would have been so into that. But I didn't. I had yeah. like <laughs> I had a weird like I just had a shitty tape recorder I would sing stuff into. And then I had I recently found this a mini video recorder thing on a little tripod, really shitty quality. Uh-huh. And I think that it had belonged to my brother, but I took it or something. And that's how I started like recording myself playing songs so I could remember them before I had a smartphone or anything. Um, and before I had like a laptop that I was using for that. And so I just had a bunch of these like shitty quality videos on this like weird video recorder. Well, that sounds kind of nice, though, because um, I mean, I guess maybe not all the time, but I, I would imagine sometimes you were... Um you actually captured what you were playing. Yes, that was helpful. Because that's the thing is like, even if I was trying to diligently write down chords after I just kind of, you know, improved a song or something, uh, I wouldn't know how to write the chords, especially if they weren't like just yeah. C, G, A. And so, yeah, being able to see yourself playing and kind of reverse engineer it, you know, must be really nice, actually. It was great. Yeah, because that was the first when I started making those videos I had that I don't know how long I used that thing but um, that was the first summer that I was teaching myself to play guitar and learning how to play guitar I because I started on piano and then I learned guitar in college and so it was really helpful because I really didn't know (laughs) anything about you know any of the chords really you know I had like looked up some basic tabs online or whatever Mm -hmm. but in general you know I was just making stuff up as I went so it was helpful to see see my fingers yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of miss playing guitar that way. I mean, obviously, you you could at any point, I guess, but when you really don't know how to play an instrument properly, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> right. you, can, you can make something that sounds really cool and interesting. Um, yeah. Like, my wife, for instance, for instance, like, she has been playing guitar for a while, but she's more of a drummer originally, but mm-hmm. she, she doesn't really know what she plays on guitar. She just has to keep practicing the songs so she doesn't forget them. And it's really hard to play along with her for me because I'm trying to come into like, what note are you playing here? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> but it sounds really cool. So it's like, I mean, there's, there's, 
there's something about that that can kind of create a really cool um, style or really interesting approach that's that feels uh, original or different than just like g g g. Yeah. Uh, how would you say over the years that your songwriting process has changed, if at all? I guess in a lot of ways it sort of hasn't. I generally, if I think too much about it, um, I end up kind of messing it up. In a, in a, I guess my, I mean like if I sit down trying to go, okay, I'm going to write a song about something like mm, politics or you know, something mm-hmm. like that then um, it just doesn't work. And so a lot of it is still to this day, at least the ones that I've had, you know, I've felt the best about are ones that come from just basically hitting record and playing an instrument. I've been getting a lot into uh, keyboards and synthesizers lately, and so that's been a kind of a fun new approach to it, even though I just keep making songs with like C and F back and forth over and over again for some reason. Yeah, I mean, I've 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 had some luck like writing lyrics first, but like I I used to write a lot of poetry, but I'd never wrote poetry and then turn it into songs. Like they're always very separate. Interesting. In my mind, for some reason. I mean, they are. They do really feel like separate processes. I I also I did a creative writing major. I also written a lot of poetry, and it does feel like a separate thing. I mean, because like the music has a lot to do with the words you're writing, right? Like it has a lot to yeah. do with like the rhythm of them and the feel of them. And yeah, it's just a different thing. You know, like there's a lot of my lyrics that I like that I think are not bad lyrics, but I wouldn't want them to be like laid out in a poetry format. Like I wouldn't want to read, <laughs> do a reading of like some of my lyrics. I think that would uh-huh. sound dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can be more successful taking a poem and putting it to music than the other way around. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess, yeah, I guess in general, it's funny. I hadn't really thought about that, but um, yeah, I guess it hasn't really changed that much. I think it's interesting that you do just the stream of consciousness stuff for a lot of it. Like that, I I definitely do that for some of it. There's some of it that I can kind of write out beforehand, and uh, you know, a fair amount of I guess refining process. But I really love the stream of consciousness thing. Like when you get into the right mindset, and it's sort of like a you know, like an automatic writing type of thing, you know, mm-hmm. where you're just really like seeing what comes out of your mouth. <laughs> well, my my favorite thing is that. I- I never have any idea of what the songs are when I when mm-hmm. they come out, and often I think you know they're. I'm like, okay, well that was just nonsense. That's maybe a good melody, uh, you know, placeholder kind of thing, and then I'll come back to it a month later and hear it and realize like, oh my god, like that's a f- complete story of something, not necessarily something from my life, but it's like that's mm-hmm. a complete thing. And then when I was going through these songs all these old songs to uh, pick some. I found two that I guess were recorded around a similar time, but they seemed to be like a, one was kind of a continuation or, or like a, like a companion to the other song. And I just like, I have no, I'm fairly certain that there was no conscious attempt to do that. Yeah. It must've just been something that was about like, you know, rumbling around in my head that was just kind mm-hmm. of determined to come out in a couple different ways, you know, at some point. And um, so that's kind of a lot of fun for me is like um, listening to them later and like kind of hearing them for the first time. But I think the problem there is that they also then so many of my songs at certain points have never have not felt like they're mine because it it often doesn't feel like I'm authoring them. 
So it's sort of like, I feel like it, uh, sometimes it seems like all the songs that I have are not, like I have no songs, <laughs> you know, I've written, <laughs> I've written no songs, even though um, there's hundreds of these old recordings. Yeah, because it's, I, I didn't sit down and go, okay, I'm going to do this. I want to say this, mm-hmm. you know. Right. It feels like you're more like channeling something. Yeah, which is still, I mean, it's it's, it's awesome when it happens, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes it just, it feels like I don't actually have any... Like, I'm just covering songs, you know, I'm not like making them. That's the way I guess it goes. <laughs> yeah. What are some What are some things you've been listening to lately that you've been liking? Uh, I've been listening to a lot of old stuff. From, like, uh, I went on a road trip recently, and my wife and I listened to a lot of uh, kind of older uh, arcade fire, like, you know, Neon Bible and stuff like that. Mm, and, um, nice. Yeah, back when I still liked the band, so it's kind of nice. <laughs> Um, Christian Lee Hudson, I guess, is um, really like his new record or his record. Um, Phoebe Bridgers as well, which is kind of how I found out about him. The new Bright Eyes record just came out and I've been really enjoying that. Um, That felt like a particularly weird thing because they haven't come out with a record in 11 years. It felt to me, at least, and I'm not trying to do an album review, but it felt like it had a lot of the elements from their older stuff, but just kind of refined through the lens of someone who's, you know, 40 or, you know, beyond and has gone through a lot of different kind of relationship uh, drama and kind of pain. And it was really kind of exciting to me (laughs) to um, hear someone who I have always kind of respected as a pretty impressive songwriter for many different reasons, um, able to still write um, interesting or kind of heartbreaking songs about being older. You know, because a lot of bands, I feel like they try to like hold on to that youthful um, mentality or lifestyle or something, mm-hmm. or they become, you know, dad rock or, you know, just kind of they become outdated in a lot of ways. And so it was really neat just to hear a record that sounded kind of both nostalgic and fresh, but was tackling stuff that was like going on to someone that's even a little older than me. And then it's like, okay, so you can still, <laughs> there's very few examples of someone in my opinion, like writing that kind of music that still feels relevant and interesting from that perspective. So that's great. I'll have to give it a listen. I have not. Yeah, it's it's a fun one. It's definitely one that I think, like all good records, it's good to listen to two times or two and a half times. And then suddenly songs that you find, I found, for instance, on the first listen, kind of boring or not really interesting, suddenly you start leaping out and being like, oh, this song's actually one of the better songs in the record. and So it's a slow burn, but I think in a good way. Yeah, as for me, I've been listening to the new Lomelda record on repeat, basically. Which so which, which one? Lomelda's new record. Oh, I don't know that um, one. You should listen to Lomelda. In fact, everyone okay. should listen to Lomelda because, <laughs> I mean, this this latest record is just a masterpiece. I mean, she just got best new music from Pitchfork, but her records before that were also masterpieces, honestly. So, okay, I recommend her entire discography. <laughs> okay, awesome. And also, Adrian Lenker of Big Thief just put out a new song and announced that she's going to be releasing two solo records. Oh wow! Um, one of the most prolific songwriters I've ever heard of. I feel like that's um, awesome. Because they released two Big Thief records, what, last year? I don't know. It's wild. 
Anyway, yeah. there's a lot of good music to be listened to out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the one of the kind of saving graces of this weird year is that uh, yes. no no movies are coming out. There's a lot of other things that are just not happening. But um, even though tours aren't happening, there's still a lot of really good music that's just a lot of a lot of bands too. I think they were just like, well, whatever, you know, fuck it. I'm going to put out. I'm going to put the record out. You know, yeah. Who who cares? People should hear it. You know. Right. And it's exciting kind of too. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. And thanks everybody for listening. Your heart is melting Second at least Hey, thanks for listening. You can find Cody's podcast weekly EP on the internet everywhere you find podcasts. Uh, I recently did an episode of it as well. Um, and you can find us on Instagram at Bad Songwriter and on Twitter at Bad underscore Songwriter. If you are enjoying the podcast, we'd love it if you could rate, review, subscribe, follow, send it to a friend, post about it on social media. It really helps us out. And if you're a songwriter who has material for this, please send me an email at badsongwriterpod at gmail.com. All right. Well, I hope you have a good week. Bye. Love ain't no light